Welcome to Res Talk, your source for the latest news, opinions, and training from top building performance, rating, and auditing experts. Here's your host, committed building science enthusiast and registered professional engineer, Bill Spohn. Welcome back to another episode of the Res Talk podcast. It's the goal of the Res Talk podcast to communicate some late breaking news and information and thoughtful insights into the broad array of topics in the rapidly expanding world of residential energy ratings to the broad array of stakeholders that are in the ResNet ecosystem. So, whether you're a consumer, rater, builder, appraiser, realtor, you want to hear about these evolving trends and you want to subscribe to this podcast. I'm your host, Bill Spohn, and I've worked in the HVACR and building performance markets for almost 30 years, and I've been interfacing with the fine team at ResNet for nearly that whole time. If you like what you've heard today after listening, and you've not yet subscribed to the podcast, please do so by typing ResTalk into the search bar of your favorite podcast app or system. You can also listen in your browser by following the links at resnet.us slash professional. If you're a consumer and want to learn more about the benefits of home energy rating, please just cruise on over to resnet.us and you'll be looking at the consumer page to learn more. In today's episode, we're going to hear from Ryan Mears, who works at ResNet, and it's his topic we'll be talking about today, topic he holds close to his heart and has a lot of experience with, as you'll learn, is the water efficiency rating that ResNet's working on right now. It's a very interesting topic. I learned a lot, and I hope you learned something too. So listen up to Ryan Mears. How you doing, Ryan? I'm good, Bill. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. HERS H2O, why don't we just dig right into it? What is the HERS H2O index? What is this all about? HERS H2O is meant to build off of ResNet's very popular HERS index. And in doing so, it adds a water efficiency component to a HERS rating. And in the similar way that the HERS index is basically a zero to 100 scale, where a lower number is a more energy efficient home, for HERS H2O, it's the same scale where a lower number is a more water efficient home. Can that be used to compare, like, relatively speaking, the cost of providing water for a household? It could, yes. And that's something that builders are certainly interested in. When they're building a new home and marketing it, they certainly use the HERS rating to demonstrate the energy cost savings that that homeowner might experience by living in that home. And the HERS H2O rating will allow builders to also market the water cost savings and the relative water efficiency of the home that they're going to purchase. That sort of expands the thinking of HERS into more about resource efficiency, energy and water both being resources? Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of very interesting connections between energy and water. And the HERS index and and HERS H2O really leverage those interconnections between water efficiency and energy efficiency. Can you speak to a couple of those interrelationships? Yeah. So one of them that's interesting on the level of a house, there's two different ways to look at energy efficiency and water efficiency. And one of them is at the individual house level, what the homeowner might experience. But the other one is at a more macro scale, when you start looking at potential water savings and the amount of water that's used just to generate electricity, which is a very significant amount of water. But at the house level, something like the distance from your hot water heater to, say, your kitchen faucet or perhaps your hot water heater all the way to the other side of the house where the master bathroom is and the amount of time it takes that hot water to get from the water heater all the way to that source 
can be a fairly significant amount of water that you're just wasting waiting for the hot water to get there, which not only does it waste water down the drain, but you're also having to heat more water for that water that you've wasted. So that's a very direct relationship of energy and also water efficiency. And then when you start to look at the more macro level, when power companies are generating power, there's a lot of water that is used to cool that, a lot of water that's lost due to evaporation. And there's a significant amount of water per kilowatt hour that the homeowner is using that gets evaporated at the power plant. So there's two different ways to look at the energy and water connection. Just one thought that popped in my head is heat recovery, that that wasted water. I've seen some schemes where you can recover the heat of the water that's going down a drain. Is that built into this or is that too uh, tangential a topic? It's not directly built into the HERS H2O, but the length of your hot water piping from your water heater to your fixtures is incorporated. And the HERS index itself does allow for credit for heat recovery systems on the hot water line, yes. Where did this come from? When did things get started here? It was a little over three years ago. As ResNet was developing the ANSI standard, essentially taking what's referred to as the Mortgage Industry National Home Energy Rating System, referred to as MinHERS or the HERS Rating System. That was a proprietary system that was developed to assist the mortgage industry with being able to value energy efficiency and provide lending for energy efficient homes. In that process, ResNet converted that proprietary system into an American national standard or an ANSI standard in conjunction with the International Code Council. And in doing so, created a standard that could be referenced in the code. And that standard is referenced in the 2015 IECC and also the 2018 IECC as the Energy Rating Index Compliance Path. And after the ERI was published, it's referred to as Standard 301, was published in 2014, some work begun to allow the HERS index and the energy rating index to better account for the energy used in hot water. And in the research that was undertaken for that, there was this realization that there's quite a connection between what you need to calculate as far as energy use in your hot water distribution system and overall water use. And so a lot of the research that went into it's currently it's addendum A to standard 301 addresses the HERS calculations for domestic hot water energy consumption. And in developing that addendum, ResNet and our committees did a lot of research on water consumption in order to determine the hot water, how much energy is used during the hot water use. In doing that, realized that there certainly is a need for a water efficiency rating. And a lot of the work that went into Addendum A was then used to inform the HERS H2O. That's sort of a amplification of the addendum, would you call that? An expansion of the addendum. So the addendum just covered domestic hot water use, but the HERS H2O then goes into indoor and also outdoor water use, which is important that in many regions, outdoor water use is a very significant contribution to overall water use in the home. You're speaking very eloquently and very in-depth about this. What is your background, Ryan? How did you get to this point? So I have an architecture degree from the Savannah College of Art and Design. And from there, I went on to work at the South Face Energy Institute in Atlanta. I was an Earthcraft House technical inspector and also took the HERS course while I was there. And I spent about a year there doing inspections for the Earthcraft House program and for Energy Star for Homes. 
I later went on to work for the state of Georgia in the building codes program at the Department of Community Affairs. In that role, I was leading energy code development and also several different standards for green code within the state. And it was a time back in 2007, 2008, when the state of Georgia was in an extreme drought. I can recall on the watching the nightly news and they would be counting down the days until Lake Lanier fell below the intake level for water. It got pretty scary. And so one of the assignments that I took on at that point was working with the University of Georgia and some other state agencies to develop a appendix to the state plumbing code, which would address rainwater and gray water. That was my first introduction to really the water efficiency world. I had certainly plenty of background in energy efficiency, but that was my first real experience in water efficiency. And it was eye-opening. Beyond that, I did a lot more work in energy codes since that time. And now with ResNet, I've had the opportunity to do both energy and now water efficiency with the HERS H2O. Well, it sounds like you're really perfectly positioned for this role that you have. Yeah. You mentioned something about rainwater. How is that accounted for? Is it accounted for at all? Rainwater is not currently accounted for in HERS H2O. And this was something that the committee wrestled with for a while. And it was certainly a committee with a lot of really great experts on it. And what it came down to was for rainwater and gray water, or what we refer to as alternative water sources, we really just couldn't find, there wasn't enough data to be able to confidently develop an equation for the impact that a rainwater system or a gray water system would have on a home's water use. We feel like it's necessary to include it, but what it would have come to is we wouldn't have had enough data to substantiate the calculations for the impact of those alternative water sources on the home's water use. I think that it will eventually make its way in. The rainwater and gray water industries are still fairly new, somewhat in their infancy. Although I was working on that 10 years ago, the standards around rainwater systems and gray water systems are still being developed. There are a few good ones to point to, but they're still fairly new. And eventually we will have enough data to substantiate the calculations that are necessary for the HERS H2O index to be able to include and account for alternative water sources in the same way that the HERS index accounts for renewable energy. So it's the evidence or data is more anecdotal at this point, but it is forthcoming in the future. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we believe that in the future we will be able to have enough data to start incorporating rainwater and gray water sources. Yep. There must be a standards committee, standards development committee that's involved here? There is, yes. There is a standards development committee. There was, in the original, the development of HERS H2O, it was a technical guidelines committee that was formed in order to develop those technical guidelines. And now the HERS H2O, in the same way that ResNet took the MinHERS and turned it into standard 301 or the energy rating index, we have developed the technical guidelines for HERS H2O, which will be a ResNet implementation of an ANSI standard that's being developed, which will be referred to as standard 1101. And that standard 1101 will be an American national standard. And any organization could take that and then develop their own implementation for the water rating index. 
And there was one committee that developed HERS H2O and then a separate standard development committee, which is a formal ANSI committee that was assembled by ResNet and the International Code Council to develop the water rating index portion, the ANSI standard. And the technical guidelines committee for HERS H2O actually still serves as a subcommittee to the ANSI committee because there was so much knowledge of what went into the development. We felt it was important to maintain those experts as a subcommittee to the ANSI committee. You're walking along the same kind of path that MinHERS did to become the ANSI standard, NCD, and then IECC reference standard. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. On that SDC, there must be some interest, because you did mention, we, we talked about the gray and rainwater industries being not quite developed at this point, but there must be product manufacturers and other industries involved in the SDC. What's sort of the makeup there? What types of manufacturers are involved? So we certainly welcome input from manufacturers and anyone that's interested. And we do have an interested parties list that's currently around 200 folks or so. 200 different people that have interest in this and anywhere from code officials to architects and engineers and manufacturer representatives. But the standard development committee itself is composed of code officials. We have one builder representative that actually serves as the chairman of the group and then a representative from the US EPA from the WaterSense program. And then we've got three local code officials that were appointed by ICC. And ICC, the International Code Council, is our partner on developing the water rating index standard, which will be standard 1101. So three code officials and then a water efficiency expert from NRDC and then another individual from the Florida Solar Energy Center who was instrumental in developing the calculations in the equations that actually go into computing the HERS H2O or what will be the water rating index also. Yeah, so it's reliability there. I always try to expand on the acronyms NRDC, please. National Resources Defense Council. Okay. Does that operate out of Washington or another area? They have multiple locations uh, across the U.S. They do have an office in Washington, D.C., I believe in New York City as well, and California. The implementation, where do you expect this to go? At what point are you looking for test cases now, or what's the progress of this standard or the guidelines? Yeah. For the implementation of HERS H2O, we very late last year began doing some small test homes with a few builders just to get a feel for whether this was fairly easy to implement, what kind of questions would come up from HERS raters that were now turning and doing these water efficiency inspections. And those went pretty well. At the ResNet conference back in February, we were able to do a demonstration at a home in Orlando just to give an idea to raters and others that attended what goes into the inspection process and the rating process for HERS H2O. And now we're at a point where we're ready to formally kick off a formal pilot for this. And that this month, actually, there will be a webinar to formally kick off that pilot project. And we're looking for builders and HERS raters to participate in those pilot projects. Basically, what we're doing through the pilot is testing the resources that were developed. So we have an inspection checklist that we'll want to get feedback on, and also the technical guidelines themselves, as well as a calculation spreadsheet that we'll be using during the pilot phase to make sure that the way that the calculations are done is understandable to the raters that are going to be doing them. Eventually, we'll take that, the spreadsheet, and 
go to the some of the software vendors for HERS ratings and get them to incorporate the HERS H2O directly into the software so it'll no longer be a separate spreadsheet. And then we ultimately hope to develop training materials based on feedback that we get from builders and raters on what they need to know more about in order to do the rating successfully. You mentioned a webinar this month, just in case someone listens to this later on. Do you have a target date for that? Yeah, the webinar is scheduled for June 20th, and it will be recorded, and we will post the recording on the ResNet website. So anyone that is not able to make the webinar, they can certainly view the recording as well. Is there a place for anyone to preview some of this? I know you gave a presentation at the national conference this year about this topic. Is there any kind of overview that's available? On the ResNet website, we're in the process actually of building out a formal page for HERS H2O. The previous name, the working title we were using for this was called the Water Efficiency Rating Index. On the ResNet website, you can find some information on the Water Efficiency Rating Index, which is now just called HERS H2O. But we will, in the process actually of developing an infographic to help explain what HERS H2O is, and also building out a new web page that will have not only the materials on it, but also additional information about HERS H2O. How are you going to sell this? Who's going to, quote unquote, buy it? What's the interest level? Unsurprisingly, is that it really depends on the region of the U.S. In those locations that are having water issues, certainly something like this has been very interesting. I think in the way that electric utilities have developed programs to improve energy efficiency, water suppliers in those locations where water is becoming increasingly difficult to come by and also increasingly more expensive, water suppliers are looking for programs that they can offer to new home builders or even to homeowners that can allow them to reduce their water consumption and also assist in them being able to meet future supply needs. Just in the way that electric utilities are using energy efficiency programs to cut that peak demand so they don't have to fire up those older generation facilities and I think water suppliers are going to be looking at a similar thing. And we've had some interest in Colorado and also in California and Southern Nevada as well, where water scarcity is becoming a real issue and the cost of water is increasing because it's getting more and more difficult for the water suppliers to find additional sources to supply the need. What are some of the typical statistics for the average American consumer, average household? Any data you can share on that? Yeah, so the average household or average usage per person is 88 gallons. So for the average person in a home, they're using 88 gallons of water per day, which is a fairly significant number. And then when you look at, say, actual water cost, I believe the average household spends somewhere around $1,000 per year on water. And in some instances, that number is even double that. It just depends on who your water supplier is and where in the country you are. But $1,000 is about the average family spends on water costs. You said 88 gallons per day. Is that per person or per household? Yeah, 88 gallons per person per day. Just the thought that popped into my head. What about when you're at work? WaterSense has some resources that address usage in commercial buildings, and that usage is also a significant number. And also, when you start looking at industry and mining and agriculture and irrigation for agriculture draws a lot of water. When you look at the earth as a whole, there's so much water. We have so much water, but at the same time, 
realize that only 1% of the total water on their surface is actually fit for human consumption. So it's either there's a lot of salt water or it's frozen in polar ice caps. So the actual fresh water that is available on Earth is very small in comparison to the entire amount of water that's on the Earth. Walk me through just a thought process here of actually doing a HERS H2O rating. Someone walks up to the door and then what? What's interesting is that there's a lot of overlap in between a HERS rating and a HERS H2O rating. And we're initially expecting that HERS raters are going to be the ones who are doing the HERS H2O rating. And actually, one of the things that the ResNet board laid out was that they wanted a HERS H2O rating to be a very simple add-on for a builder and a HERS rater to accomplish. And so in the course of developing the HERS H2O, we've kept that charge from the ResNet board in mind. And the inspection checklist is fairly simple. And one of the interesting things that came out of some of the test cases that we did late last year and early this year was that the documentation for, say, your plumbing fixtures is a lot easier actually to obtain than some of the documentation for your mechanical systems for the HERS rating. That's a good thing. And we expect that builders are going to be supplying a lot of the documentation that's necessary directly to the HERS rater. So the HERS rater doesn't have to go and find it on their own. And the feedback that we've had so far is that from the builders is that it's very easy for them to get this information and just give it to the HERS rater. So the HERS rater comes up they get to the house and they're looking for a few things. Leaks is a big one. And in new construction, leaks may not be a huge deal, but they can still certainly be there. And it's something you want to catch just in the way that you want to find out if you have a supply register covered with drywall when you're doing a duct leakage test. You want to be able to know if you're plumbing system is leaking. And so that's something that they'll be looking for through a dye tablet in the toilet or through an actual pressure loss test on the water supply itself. You mentioned builders a lot, but what about the existing homes? There are things that actually water is probably an easier resource to control than energy when you come down to it in an existing home. Yeah. So in existing homes, so HERS H2O does apply to new homes and existing homes. And it's unfortunately a bad habit to talk a lot about builders because for the HERS index, it is the vast majority of HERS rated homes are new homes. And so that tends to be at ResNet what we focus on more. But HERS H2O is certainly applicable to existing homes just in the way that the HERS index is as well. And you're right, it can be much easier to improve your water efficiency because you have access to all of those plumbing fixtures that use water and you can change them out for more efficient fixtures and right there provide a significant reduction in your total water consumption in that home. The only thing that gets tough is water heater layout, perhaps, where it's not as easy to reroute your plumbing, but changing out your water fixture, your plumbing fixtures that are consuming water certainly is a great way to improve water efficiency for an existing home and can be done fairly easily. Very interesting because there's that purposeful use of water, then the accidental use and maybe the unintentional use. The standard might provide some guidance into people thinking a little bit more deeply about how they use water. Yeah, certainly there's a large component of just human nature and the way that we use things, just in the way that it impacts energy efficiency. Water efficiency has that same impact. Do you turn your thermostat down when you leave your house or just leave it at the same all day long? Or do you leave your water running when you're brushing your teeth or when you're shaving and things like that? And those types of uses can really drive up 
your water use. Although just like the HERS index, the HERS H2O is an asset rating. So it's based on the physical characteristics of the home and not how the homeowner actually uses it. The behavioral characteristics, sure. Yeah, no behavior accounted for, right? You provided me with some background documents, I thank you, uh, before our conversation here today. I was sort of amazed at the long list of places for water use. You really don't think about it. I don't know if you want to sort of enumerate that. It sort of blew my mind. There are a lot of things that are accounted for in the HERS H2O rating. And as I started mentioning, leaks is one of them. Certainly, we want to make sure that there are no leaks in the house, but also the service pressure. The HERS H2O is actually designed that it will provide a penalty if your supply pressure, your water pressure is higher than 60 PSI because you're going to use more water. And so that's another thing that impacts your water use. And then I kind of talked a little bit about hot water earlier in terms of how the distribution system is laid out, but also some of the basic things like your toilet and your faucets in your bathroom, in your kitchen, your shower head, the type of dishwasher that you're using. Is it a standard dishwasher? Is it Energy Star? Same thing for clothes washer. And then you look at other uses like water softeners have an impact on water use. And then that kind of been focused on the inside, on the indoor water use. But then when you look outside, the landscape design, is it appropriate for the region that you're in? The type of irrigation system that you're putting in, the type of sensors that are on that irrigation system, those also have a big impact as well as does the home have a swimming pool or a spa installed? Is it an automatic irrigation system or is it a manual one? Actually, I think that the data shows that if you're watering with a hose, you're actually going to use more water than if you had a properly installed irrigation system. Interesting. It sort of makes sense because there's a lot of things where the human perspective of time <laughs> <It's right. laughs> is not the same as a machine's <laughs> yep. or device's perspective of time. So does it factor in at all to things like net zero homes, passive homes? What's the interrelationship there? Water efficiency can be incorporated to any of the other energy efficiency programs. Although we're currently able to achieve net zero energy homes through HERS H2O, because we don't incorporate alternative water sources yet, you won't technically be able to achieve that net zero water home. Although those homes do exist and it is possible to do that, to build that home today. It's just through HERS H2O right now, until we have the data that we need to incorporate alternative water sources, you won't be able to get all the way to zero just yet. Just like you can't get all the way to zero on energy efficiency alone, you've got to incorporate renewables. Yeah, there's a spectrum here. It's really interesting development of where things have gone with this. You had mentioned the average home usage of 88 gallons per person per day. How would you take an existing sort of the structural elements of a home. And is that part of the equation where it actually develops what this home should be using on an average basis and to compare to? How does that work? So the HERS H2O is essentially the same as the HERS index as far as comparing a reference home to the rated home. Under the HERS index, that that reference home is based on the 2006 International Energy Conservation Code. So basically what we say is the rated home, and it could be an existing home that was built in 1950, or it could be a new home that's being built today, that the rated home is compared to a home that is basically a standard home built around 2006 for the HERS index. Now for HERS H2O, it's basically the same thing. What we've used data 
to determine what does that average house standard home look like in terms of its water efficiency characteristics in 2006. And so the reference home for HERS H2O represents about a home that was built in 2006 using standard water efficiency technology that was available at that time. That rated home is always going to be compared to that home from 2006. But the home from 2006 isn't just a number. You have to go into the home and identify showers, kit, faucets, lavatories. Is that correct? That's right. Yep. When the raider goes into the home and if it's a new home, they're going to be documenting the flow rates for shower heads, for kitchen faucets, for your lavatory faucets, the flush volume for toilets, the type of irrigation system that's installed, the water factors for your clothes washers and your dishwasher, the, the water pressure, whether or not there's any leaks, is there a water softener installed? So they'll be documenting all of that information and then that gets plugged into the actual calculation spreadsheet which also accounts for the size of the house as well as geographically where it is located, the number of bedrooms, and then the type of landscape that's there as well as the hot water distribution layout. It's involved, but it makes sense. And he also revealed to me some of the technical guidelines and uh, the equations there. And this is a very thorough process that you've developed here. You mentioned region of the U.S., and that brought to mind international. Is any other countries, are there international standards going on here? I'm not really familiar with international standards on the water efficiency side. Certainly, there are countries that are interested in water efficiency. But as far as international use, for the HERS index, there are some other countries that do use the HERS index. It's typically if a builder in another country is using LEED, they'll often use the HERS index to demonstrate compliance with energy requirements in LEED for homes, for example. But on the water efficiency side, I do expect that HERS H2O will eventually have international use. But at this point, it's a little early. And I think that similarly, there may be some good international examples that could be used to also help inform the HERS H2O process. And going back to the product manufacturers, some of the products I'm sure sold worldwide that have the same water efficiency aspects to them. So it's not like you'd be working with a whole different industry out there. Exactly. Yeah. Many of the manufacturers sell internationally. And so you could presumably, unless a country has their own specific standard, you could get, say, a water sense labeled uh, toilet in another country as well. This is going to take off and grow like anything does any new endeavor. There's something like two and a half million homes that have already been rated. Do you have any perspective on going back to those homes that have been energy rated already or HERS rated, being interested in the water efficiency? If a home already has a HERS rating, and you're right there, we're closing in on about two and a half million homes. So for a home that already has a HERS rating, it's fairly easy to go in and add the HERS H2O component to that home. And as the statistic says, I think that the average homeowner only stays in a home for about seven years. So they're looking to sell their HERS rated home and want to have a little leg up in their market. Maybe they'll go ahead and add the HERS H2O rating to that so they can now market the water efficiency on top of the energy efficiency of that home. Okay. Well, we've covered a lot of ground here. I really feel like I learned a lot just in this conversation. You did a really excellent job explaining this. So if anyone wants to follow up and learn more, what are the resources that they could use? you want to mention some of those? Certainly go to the ResNet website, resnet.us. If you're interested in just in water efficiency in general, WaterSense through the US EPA is a really great resource and a great program. And actually, a lot of what we did through HERS H2O just built off of the resources that 
water sense had already developed. Like the inspection checklist was something that we borrowed from water sense and actually just adapted it for hers H2O. They're a great resource as well. And then I like to make myself available. And if anyone has questions or, or wants to follow up, my email is ryan, R-Y-A-N at resnet.us. And I'm more than happy to provide the resources that ResNet has. And eventually they will be up on the ResNet website so everyone can access them more easily. Are there any other points that we missed that you'd like to convey to the listeners? One thing that's important to realize is that the HERS H2O and also what will become the ANSI version, the water rating index, they're grounded in water use data. So what went into the development of Addendum A for Standard 301 in terms of domestic hot water distribution, all of that research that was grounded in water use data got rolled into HERS H2O. And then the residential end uses of water study, the number two, that is what we use to generate the equations for calculating outdoor water use. So it's really important to understand that the calculations in determining this are grounded in water use data, which is, again, why we couldn't just put alternative water sources in because we didn't have enough data to make it consistent. We want the same stringency that was put into the indoor and outdoor water use to also be put into alternative water sources. And when we get that data, I think we'll be able to do that. But it's really important to understand that the calculations that go into this are grounded in water use. And that's important because we want it to be as accurate as possible when it comes to rating the physical characteristics of a home for water efficiency. We want it to be as accurate as possible as to what that homeowner is actually going to experience when they're living in that home or when they do a renovation and improve the water efficiency of their home. This is probably the fourth or fifth podcast I've done for Res Talk, and there's really this vibe of quality going throughout every discussion we talked about, and that is what you're talking about here is grounding in water use data and not just having spurious information come into there. So... Uh, very responsible. So I want to thank you again, Ryan. Very informational for me. I think it'll be very informational for our listeners. We've got some contact information and we hope that if you're listening to this, that you do subscribe to the podcast that allow you to get automatic updates on whatever device or system that you're working in. And we're out there in all the major systems, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Last.fm. You can find us in a number of different places for ResTalk. Thanks again, Ryan, for coming. And we look forward to getting you back at some point with some updated info as things progress. Yep, looking forward to it. Thanks for having me, Bill. Okay, take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Res Talk podcast. We hope you learned a few things about water efficiency rating and sort of the complexities that are involved there from Ryan Mears, our guest today. If you're a pro in the building market, you can surf on over to resnet.us professional to learn more or to join the email list. You can also find ResNet on Facebook or Twitter. The Twitter handle is at ResNetUS. There's also a national conference that goes on every year, the ResNet Conference the 2019. It will be in New Orleans, Louisiana. There'll be some information in the show notes, a link on how to get there and learn more about that conference if you're a professional in this industry. I'd like to share with you a quote or a thought for today. This goes way back to uh, Leonardo da Vinci. Water is the driving force of all nature. Very pertinent for today's discussion. If you're interested in giving feedback to ResNet on what you heard here or like to hear a new topic covered or just have a general question, please send an email to info at resnet, R-E-S-N-E-T dot U-S. Thanks for listening to the ResTalk podcast. 
This podcast is hosted by Bill Spohn, produced by Brian Orr, and is a production of ResNet, the Residential Energy Services Network. The best way to listen to this podcast is to subscribe on an iPhone using the podcast app or on an Android device by downloading the Stitcher app and searching for ResTalk. If you are willing, a review on iTunes or the podcast app will help others find the show and would be very much appreciated. We look forward to talking again soon on ResTalk.